0: Welcome to the Instant Reaction edition of the Seminole Wrap. Uh, This is Juan Montalvo. I'm joined by John Marchant tonight. It's Saturday night, about 11.15. We are recording just after Florida State's 42-26 loss Notre Dame. A valiant effort. Um, Pretty pleased with the progression of the game. We had all expected it to be a little bit more lopsided than it was. John, what are your general thoughts?
1: Uh, So my general thoughts are I'm extremely encouraged by the play of the offense. Um, You know, last week against Jacksonville State, they found their identity. They had a quarterback, I think, in this game against a better competition, much better, actually. They built upon that. Um, I believe in the first half they had five yards per rush, and they finished with uh, about four uh, yards per per rush. So, I mean, look, I... (laughs) How much I mean how much more do you want from them at this point, right? you know, they're running Travis is running the read option offense. He's making consistently good reads. Um, he's do all everything for them basically. And they move the ball against a tough physical Notre Dame defense uh Notre Dame defense.
0: and that Notre Dame defense always had single high safeties, they had numbers in the box, they were either playing cover one or cover three, so they always had that extra safety in the box that extra number in the box and they were able to get around it, get past it. And I think a lot of it, as you mentioned, was due to, you know, Florida State sort of, you know, read option offense. I mean, um, how many, you talked a lot about in your article this week about the toss read game that we saw uh, a lot of tonight. I think I counted six or seven and that was just passively counting. Do you think that was a big factor in this game?
1: I do yeah the and the great thing about that particular play is it the stress that puts on defenders because Travis can run the ball right and he's so electric with the ball in his hands having the ability to read a defender and 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 put that uh the defender's stretch and then also you're stretching out the defense right just by the threat of the toss of going wide so it gets the offense like you said the offensive line struggling right and uh I mean, they're better than they were a couple of years ago, but they're still struggling. And the the toss rate is such a great play because it gets the ball outside of the tackle box, right? Like you said, they're bringing a safety down or or they're getting the numbers. Notre Dame's getting the numbers in the box. So making able to, to run a little bit wide of that is a fantastic thing. And look, I think it's gone for, what, four touchdowns in two games? I mean, the results speak for themselves.
0: Yeah, that's with maybe 15 snaps or less between them on those two games. And so another thing I want to bring up with the with the offense is they 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 did a lot of the the, the read option stuff. Um and you know, everyone was thinking, okay, after this first first four against Jacksonville State, okay, this is a running quarterback. We're gonna sort of just run the ball down the field. We saw a lot of downfield passing. What do you think about that?
1: Um. Yeah, I thought it was fantastic. You know, and against a, a defense like Notre Dame where you're a 21-point underdog, I thought you had to do that. You had to take those shot plays. And they worked, just like uh, Jacksonville State. So even though, um, you know, like I said, Notre Dame, they played a lot of man. They were physical. You would hope you get those one-on-ones with, like, Terry and stuff like that. And they they took the shots. And it didn't always work out, right? I think they hit, hit one big one to Terry. There's a couple that didn't work out. Um, But you needed to do that. And – and it worked out, look, and it kept him in the game, honestly, for a while.
0: yeah, so to me, one of the most exciting things about it is the Tomorian Terry you saw tonight was a completely different Tomorian Terry from what you saw in the first couple of weeks of this year. Um, the guy who was not you know obviously his grandfather passed away the the day of of the George Tech game. You didn't expect that to be a regular performance. He followed it up with a poor performance against Miami, and he sort of wasn't a big factor in the Jacksonville State game. Tonight he showed up. You saw him and other receivers doing a great job blocking bubble screens, blocking runs. they I think, you know, one thing we've talked about in previous previous podcasts is investment. You you're starting to see that with this team. I mean, you know, set aside the fact that Florida State covered against Notre Dame and you look at the individual play and you're looking at players who are actually invested and they're not giving up on plays you know mike norvell had them going through the end of the game they didn't stop at the end they were calling timeouts they were you know trying to trying to get that last little bit to get closer at the end of the game and it was just it was good to see that sort of progress i think
1: yeah i would absolutely agree with that um I think, uh, you, and look, you know, a guy like Terry's probably done after this year. So to get that investment from him and that kind of effort, you know, when you're you're probably not going to have a winning year, and, you know, and he won't be here next year. I think that's fantastic, right? You have a what should be the kind of like a leader in the locker room, really kind of leading the way, teaching these younger kids, you know, how they can uh, participate in this in this program going forward, and kind of setting the standard and the culture where it needs to be, and that's part of what this change was. So I think that once they started getting the ball rolling on the ground against Notre Dame and they got a little bit of that confidence, I think it was infectious. You know, the whole offense, they're like, "Oh, wow, we we can do this." And I think that really started like a feedback loop where they they just really started moving the ball at times almost at
0: will. Yeah, it was really impressive against a very good Notre Dame defense that is willing to, you know, put big guys in the box and fight against you. You know, obviously, we're going to move on to the defense now. Um, you have any final thoughts on the offense?
1: Um, not really. I just, I mean, I, I hope Travis is okay. I'm not sure what that hand inj- injury was. I thought he even showed some steps forward as a passer. Uh, the offensive line was kind of a mixed bag. Sometimes they were dominant on the ground, sometimes they kind of whiffed pass protection. They're they're not as far along, but they did have have some great reps where they gave Travis clean pockets um, against effort from skill position. So everything overall just extremely encouraging. Uh, I can't uh, wait to see what they do next.
0: Yeah. One last mention for me on the offensive side of the ball, Uh, Robert Scott Jr. over there at the right tackle spot. He, I mean, yeah, let's put it this way. His name was not called for a penalty. Uh, His name was not called for giving up any particular bad assignments. That's a guy who was brought in the last game and he's definitely one for the future. Like we've talked about in the last week or two and I think he's gonna be your right tackle for the future. Uh moving moving on to the defensive side of the ball. Um this may be moderately hot take, but uh they started off a little bit a little bit a little bit weak on the uh, defense side of the ball. But frankly, given the personnel limitations that Forest State has on the boundary side of the ball, they didn't have a great boundary corner. They moved to Sante Samuel there to try to make up for it. Uh they don't have a goodwill linebacker for that, that that side of the ball. Uh they're the they're they're struggling to find a good person for that stud hybrid safety linebacker position. So I think a lot of everything on that side of the ball is very personnel limited limited. What are your thoughts generally speaking about the defense side against Notre Dame?
1: Um, I would agree with all of that. I think I think number one on the list of what's wrong with the defense has to be personnel. They just they don't have the players. I know there's a lot of people out there, they're really hating on Adam Fuller, the defensive coordinator. I think that's mostly misguided. For the most part, you had guys who were in position they just couldn't make the play. Um, now again, sometimes they were caught out of position uh, or they were out leveraged um, in the run game especially. But for the most part, I think is personnel wise. Um now as the game went on I think we'll talk about this in a second as I think that they did get a little bit better as the game went on uh but for me the big takeaway is just you know there's just, you just don't have guys who can who can play there they they can't play in space and and yeah it's just disappointing to me
0: Yeah and I mean I think that's not something obviously that you can fix during the year they tried different people throughout the game um Brendan Gant had a, a lot of snaps tonight and and he was one of those guys that you could see as a young guy tonight was like, all right, he's flying towards the ball. He's he's getting towards those positions. He's not exactly making the tackle he needs to or necessarily, you know, making the play that he needs to. But he's getting to where he needs to be. Um, I think we saw more of that tonight than we've seen in the past couple games. And sure, obviously, you know, they gave up eight point seven yards of play on defense. That's terrible. They gave up eight plus yards of rush, I believe, Um, it's pretty, pretty bad in, in terms of statistics, but if you look past the stats and look at the parts that, and this is something that we've talked about, like there's, there's not a lot that you're going to expect out of this Florida state team for the 2020 season. Don't worry about the wins and losses. Look for the pieces of progress that you can sustain to future years. And that's pieces like Brendan Gant. Okay. He wasn't perfect tonight, but he was getting to those spots. What are the bright spots that you saw on the defense tonight? Because let's put it this way. You know, you, you don't want to look put lipstick on a pig. It's a bad defense. Um, there's there's no doubt about that. You know, eight, eight plus yards play is terrible. But there are positives on that that you can piece together and say, okay, these are guys for the future of this team and Mike Norvell's program. I think
1: that's the right note to To hit for this is is like you said a guy like Gant who you can coach him up. There's something you believe in that you can build him to be some kind of player. Um, I thought on the defensive, like in the secondary, I thought there were some, especially as the game wore on. There's some guys like Renardo Green that you can build off of and coach them up. You might have something in the future. You know, I think they'd be a better defenses if Naswrd Humps and Nasruddin came back, but you know we don't know when that's going to be. Um, again, I was disappointed in the defensive line. I thought Marvin Wilson played better than the rest of them, but some guys like, I don't think, I don't think Robert Cooper was healthy. Like I'm trying to look for positives, but outside of the young guys and, and saying, okay, well maybe they're a year away, maybe next year they might have something. There's not really a whole lot for, for me personally to say, you know, in this game, I thought that there was a ton of good, except again, the effort, I thought the effort level was great. Um. And I, I do think that they improved overall as a unit, especially in the second half. Um, you know, like you said, in the in the first half, they were allowing over 13 yards per rush to Notre Dame. But then in the second half, they finished with eight. So they obviously tightened some stuff up in the run fits and everything like that. Uh, but to me, it's, it's uh, some positions, it's like, yeah, you know, the, you need to get them coached up in the future. You might have a player, but in other spots, they just don't have anybody.
0: I mean right now you're looking at Mike and Willbackers who clearly are not guys that you're going to have there in the future. Um Leonard Warner and Emmett Rice are guys who have been very good for the program in terms of you know long serving guys who are there. Uh <laughs> you know but but at the same time, you know they they don't quite get to the ball. I mean you you, you see a lot of people complain about Leonard Warner and with good reason. He's not getting to the football in any sort of reasonable spree- speed. He doesn't trigger quickly. Um, and that's a pretty pretty clear, concise, common complaint about a lot of these linebackers that Florida State has. They don't trigger quickly. They don't get to the football quickly. And I don't think that has a lot to do with the defense at this time. Um, but, you know, the, that's part of the, the run defense that, that you're seeing getting into those you know, hash to number areas, and they're just getting crushed in that, and that was where I think you, at the at the beginning of the game, there was a couple, couple plays where they sort of slowed stuff down, and were able to get, get a couple stops here and there, obviously they didn't stop the drives, um, but, <laughs> yeah, obviously, Um it was, it looked, for, it looked for a while there, like, it was going to be like a 2009 Georgia Tech game again, no, no, uh, no punts, but, um, yeah, those, the, the, the linebackers have a long way to go.
1: I just, I don't, I don't think it's the scheme and, and I just don't, and you know, they played, they played more man and, and they have trouble with that. I know sometimes they, they don't switch and things like that. Um, but I, I, I don't put it on because I, I, that's why I don't think it's fair. Right. It, it would be one thing if, if Fuller had all these defensive guys and they had speed, especially in the second level. These guys were, you know, had the correct instincts and they trigger is, they would finish. They, you know, they don't have the arm tackles, right? Let's say that they, they would just finish. They're in position to make the play, and They finish and the defense. That's, I don't know that, that I just, I don't put it on scheme. I think it's, they don't have the players. I would love to see. I think you can't really evaluate fuller this defensive coaching staff, unless you had uh, those players to see, you know, if this defense was, was still bad, it would be different. But to me, they just, they just don't, and they were. I get they did better defending the edge against Jacksonville State last week, and then this week I, I was kind of disappointed that that wasn't there. So um, no, uh, Notre Dame got a lot of what they wanted out on the edge, I thought. Um, so overall, it's disappointing. But again, it, as the game wore on, it got better. You know, and there's I've never seen for a second. You know, now this team is what one and three. I haven't seen them quit even late in the fourth quarter, you know, after that uh, Travis throws the interception at the goal line, they had every reason to quit and they didn't. Um, and they had that goal line stand at the end here uh, against Notre Dame at the very end of the game. You could easily see them just giving up and letting Notre Dame walk in, but they didn't do it. And I really encouraged by that. Um, so they're playing hard. I don't know how much more you can ask.
0: Yeah. I think that, that, that was one thing we talked about in our Slack chat is that that fourth quarter goal line stand. I mean, Obviously it meant nothing in terms of the result of the game, other than to make sure that uh Notre Dame didn't cover the spread, so there were some some happy, uh happy folks out there. But most importantly for the future of the Florida State program, it they they were there. They did not give up an inch. They you know, they were well, they gave up plenty of inches, obviously, over the course of the night. Um, but they really on the you know, that, that fourth quarter grow line stand, it was something that they clearly put a lot of effort into and, and uh, I think it's a positive indication of the future. There's, there's clearly buy-in the scheme is not the issue. Um, They have personnel issues that are mismatched and something that's not going to be fixed overnight. And you know, they're every defensive coordinator has to put paper over cracks in the personnel that they have. Nick Saban, Jeremy Pruitt, uh, Kirby smart, Every great defensive coordinator, you've got to work around the deficiencies of the personnel you have. Those guys obviously don't have the same set of deficiencies that Florida State's guys do. And Adam Fuller's working around that. And I don't think that there's a solution beyond recruiting and developing the guys that you have on the roster to fix that. And so I don't think you're you're gonna you, you should be expecting much success on the defensive side of the ball this year. If you are, you're gonna be disappointed.
1: Right. I would absolutely agree with all of that. Um, so like overall for me, I, I was so encouraged by the offense. I was absolutely, I was honestly kind of floored that they really in some stretches of the game got whatever they wanted on the ground against a Notre Dame. Team. Right. Yeah, I agree. Um, Cause I thought Notre Dame up front was just going to manhandle them all game. And, and, you know, they had some constraints and stuff. I thought that was kind of nice that they had some new wrinkles that they hadn't shown so far this year. Um, and uh i mean obviously this offensive coaching staff i mean they're doing an amazing job kind of building this offense for travis on the fly because obviously i don't believe it was what they had originally intended um this year so overall i mean the fact that they covered and and at times they looked fantastic and they kept it a game all the way through until at least midway through the fourth quarter to me is just it's unbelievable
0: yeah it's an admirable performance um you know with with a team that clearly is not able to compete with Notre Dame at this time, just based on talent and, you know, two different uh, early signing period classes in three years contributes to that. So, I mean, all credit to the coaching staff for keeping these guys in the game and being able to adapt this offense to Jordan Travis's skill set, pretty much on the fly.
1: Yeah. I think it has to be super encouraging going forward. I think this, this coaching staff is, is uh, a real solid one. I think it's something that they could definitely, hopefully Norvell can keep them together, uh, but going forward over the next uh, two two or three seasons, um, I think we'll see some real improvement. Because already, I mean, that was the thing against Taggart, right? We didn't see improvement during the season. We're, you know, four games in now, um, and we've already seen it, right? Game so, by game. Yeah, that and that's all you can really ask for, and I, I, we're already seeing it, and I think that that's fantastic.
0: All right, so obviously this is an instant reaction podcast. We want to keep this short and sweet. John, before we leave it, um, the favorite thing you saw and the least favorite thing you saw from the game tonight?
1: Uh, least favorite thing I saw was the play of the linebackers. My favorite thing were the new wrinkles of the offense. There was one where, like, Travis, I th- what was it? It was a, a QB sweep, but they faked the counter or some other play. I have to take a look at it again. But the creativity on offense, I thought, was maybe my favorite thing. Um, but, but the play of the linebacker is just uh, still not there. So, What about you?
0: Uh, for me, um, I'm going to sort of go along the creativity lines, and I'm going to focus on something you talked about last week in your Whiteboard Wednesday article, uh, the toss read. We saw six, seven plays, and they were, I think, pretty much all successful. I mean, it was, it, it was something that is a pretty big asset to the game. And watching – I have two TVs set up – um, watching Alabama uh, Ole Miss alongside this game, you saw a little bit of that, especially from Lane Kiffin's side of the ball. So it was pretty neat to see that. Uh, it's a good play that we're going to see more and more of. The biggest negative for me, and it's not a negative in terms of performance, but seeing Jordan Travis injured after what we've seen in terms of the offensive creativity, we don't know what that is at this time. We're recording live right after the game. Um, you know, it. it there could be a status update going on during the press conferences right now, but we'll find more out from Perry and the rest of the guys at Tomahawk nation.
1: Yeah. That's potentially devastating. I I hope it's
0: not as bad as it it maybe appeared on the sidelines. Hopefully not. Well, John, I appreciate it. And uh, thanks everyone for listening. That's the instant reaction to Notre Dame's 42, 26 win over Florida state. And uh, that's, that's a wrap.